It's a good show. Hey, get those robots out of here. Hey, guys. No. I'm Barry Rothbart. I'm Lucas Neff. Uh, and uh, would you say we have... I mean, this is probably one of the most interesting episodes we've ever had. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Fascinating. But it's also interesting. It's mainly interesting. I know I say that every episode's incredible, but this is actually incredible. Um, it's mind-blowing. We're talking about something that I never thought uh, in my professional life I would ever seriously uh, talk about and seriously talk about yeah. yeah um we have mary wareham uh who is the advocacy advocacy director for the arms division of the human rights watch mm-hmm. and she leads the human rights watch's advocacy against killer robots she is fighting killer robots literally uh actually that's what she does she she runs the campaign to stop killer robots yes and we we're gonna talk in depth uh about what killer robots are and why we got to stop them and other and and weapons she's she's she in charge so of so many weapons, weapons. she's yeah. like the x-files like the the Mulder and scully we could have all been blinded by blinding lasers she stopped, but she stopped them yeah she yeah. stopped them um uh, a little bit about mary is that she's also uh served as advocacy director for oxfam new zealand mm. uh leading its efforts to secure an arms trade treaty in the 2008 convention on cluster munitions wow she's a senior advocate for the arms division of human rights watch from 1998 to 2006 mm-hmm. and and was responsible for global coordination of the Landmine Monitor Research Initiative. She's also from New Zealand. She's from New Zealand. She yeah. loves New Zealand music. Yes. Uh, and f- she was a. Uh, she worked with Jody. She assisted Jody Williams in coordinating the international campaign to Love ban Jody. landmines, and was co-laureate of the 1997 Nobel Peace Prize. Crazy. Crazy. So this Crazy. is probably the, the most interesting and smartest guest we've ever had. She's so smart, and she's a Kiwi. And she's a Kiwi. Let's go smoke Let's some, smoke some weed. weed and talk to about saving the, the world. Yeah, the robots. Saving the world. With Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. You work on the campaign to stop killer robots. Um, That's right. If you could, in your words, what is a killer robot and why do we have to stop them? Yeah, well, we formed this campaign five years ago. um, Yeah, I saw it was just your fifth anniversary. Congrats. Yeah, exactly. We we had our birthday in in April uh, 2013 was when we launched. Happy birthday. And when we launched, we called for a prohibition on the development, production, and use of fully autonomous weapons. Governments call these uh, lethal autonomous weapon systems. We thought that to to put that in the title of the campaign would just be uh, a non-starter. So we called ourselves the campaign (laughs) to stop killing robots. A good good Uh, call. Definitely a good call. It definitely (laughs) caught my attention immediately. It's way catchy than autonomous weapons but mm-hmm. I'm yeah cu- it was definitely yeah. a conversation starter you know when we first launched the campaign we gave examples of what we called precursors to fully autonomous weapons we said that there are some weapon systems out there that have got some autonomy in them 
uh, but the ones that we're most concerned about are not here yet. Uh, so drones, for example, right. have some autonomy in that they can fly autonomously. Uh, but there's still a human being back in a base somewhere who's controlling the drone and who's, who's most importantly taking the decision on what's a correct target and then on when to fire. Our concern is that those functions will be, it's increasingly possible to make them autonomous so that an, a human is no longer involved in the decision to kill, uh, but rather it's done by a machine. And so for us, that's an unacceptable use of the technology. So in this situation that you're talking about where there would be, this, ha this doesn't exist yet, right? That's what you said? Not yet. We're on the cusp. Yeah. Um, so by making it autonomous, you're saying that we would just turn it on and it would figure out what to do and there would be zero human interaction with it? Uh, correct. What we're concerned with is, is weapon systems that would then be able to, uh, you know, travel autonomously to their destination and to deliver the weapons without human control. Uh, and, and there's a lot of reasons behind the development of these kinds of weapon systems. At the moment, you see drones becoming ever larger and ever smaller. Ever larger are these very large autonomous fighter aircraft that are being developed to fly over vast distances, like intercontinental, uh, at a great speed. So you can't physically put a human in the, in the aircraft. Uh, and then what happens when it drops out of communications range? What do you program the software on board to do? Does the aircraft set down and get stolen? Does it complete the mission and deliver the weapons uh, yeah. to their target without the human control? Uh, these are some of the things that are driving the developments of, of lethal autonomous weapon systems. And others are just the technological desire to be the, to be the best. Yeah. Uh, and Militarily, so I mentioned that drones are becoming ever smaller. And you see the development of much smaller bird size or even smaller uh, drones that will be able to fly in formation. And these are being tested at the moment. They're not weaponized yet, but the possibility of They're doing right that. They're right around the corner. Exactly. Um, so those are a couple of examples of the direction in which yeah. autonomy is heading. And when we launched the campaign, we read through all of these military documents that the Pentagon had put out there in which they were stating auto full autonomy as the ultimate objective. And for us, we were just like, uh, that, we're not going to let that happen yeah, on our watch. We've all seen Terminator. We, we know this story. <laughs> um, I, guess, I, I guess my I've question is... I've only seen one of them. <laughs> there's only one that's really worth seeing. The second. Which one? Oh. Um, actually, the first is actually pretty great, too. Uh, but uh, I, I'd like to sort of to approach the what we're talking about from a different angle here, because as opposed to just how soon autonomy is... is a, approaching where that event horizon mm -hmm. is um you talk a lot about the importance of human judgment when it comes yes. to these kinds of missions and i want i wanted to ask you um because currently you know uh, uh and i think the way you describe it in some of your articles is that you know that compassion is sort of a uniquely human characteristic which is why we can't eliminate sort of humans from the d decision making process um but if ai gets to the point that it could develop compassion or develop some sort of like 
proof of empathetic judgment, would your stance on the, and I know this is a, a sort of lengthy hypothetical, but would your stance then change? And how would we know, how, Lucas, there's a question <laughs> well, for Lucas, yeah, how, how would we know, we know that, robots are compassionate? that they're compassionate? Would they just say, how I'm you know compassionate? That any, how do you know that anyone is, right? By the, the, right. Decisions, by the decisions they make. By the, only so you by give the, it a, right. a compassion test? I don't know. I'm saying, but say there is a test wherein we can prove right. Uh, in this hypothetical, that the robots have developed some sort of ability for compassion, which, as we know in humans, uh, lives in a grayscale. Like, mm. you know, some human beings are more compassionate, some are less so. Um, if robots could prove some sort of metric of, of uh, some sort of uh, marker that they'd achieve compassion, would your stance change? These are very good questions. Uh, yeah, Lucas, you're doing a great job, We started job, this campaign because the roboticists and the artificial intelligence experts came to us and said, guys, we're writing all of these papers at conferences and, and in newspapers uh, expressing our concern about this and about, about what's coming, uh, but we don't know how to do advocacy or to engage governments or to get an international treaty. Now, they came to us because they saw, uh, you know, artificial intelligence uh, and autonomy uh, becoming weaponized, and that concerned them because they didn't see any specific rules that would prevent that. And the precautionary principle is what applies here. It is applied in, in climate change and in, in other other places as well. But it says, you know, there may be uncertainty about the future capabilities, uh, but there is enough evidence um, out there at the moment about all of the different concerns raised by fully autonomous weapons that we need to act now. We can't adopt a wait-and-see uh, stance on this. Uh, and so the AI experts and the roboticists tell us that, yes, that one day there might be this incredibly sophisticated artificial general intelligence that will be able to flip through the laws of war and distinguish a civilian from a combatant, you know, and undertake all of the complex proportionality calculations and other things that military commanders do in the battlefield. But we're not there yet. And we're not going to be there in the, in the short to medium t term. No. Uh, uh, therefore, okay. uh, we need to take action on this now. So it's a stupid artificial intelligence that's being weaponized right now that concerns them rather than what could happen uh, the in the coming decades. Yeah, I, I guess uh, uh, my other question is when you say take action, do you mean banning all production or do you mean banning research as well? We're, you know, again, going back to the AI experts and the roboticists who are part of this campaign, they're definitely not anti-technology, and nor are we. We hear a lot about how artificial intelligence can and is already being used by militaries for dirty and dull and dangerous tasks. Um, but, you know, we draw the line at the point at the which it is, it is weaponized <laughs> to the point that you cannot control uh, control it. And so what we're talking about in the international diplomatic process at the moment is, is what is our shared understanding of a lethal autonomous weapon system and what are the particular things that raise our concerns, you know, are, are ones that are directed against people more concerning than ones that are directed against other, you know, uh, material targets? What about the area in which it would operate? Would it, how would it work in a, in a, in a populated area, which, uh, as they call in that terminology, terribly cluttered and not predictable, you know? And this, these are questions which the autonomous car people are, are struggling with right now. Another big concern is the, is the time period in which it would operate because there is a worry here that you could program uh, the weapon system to go out there and to seek its target uh, for not just a few hours or a few days, but for weeks or for years.
and as a campaigner against landmines, that's that's an unacceptable use of the technology. Yeah. That needs to be also reined in. So we've got specific concerns around this, um, but there are just so many that we saw a need to take coordinated action. Uh, you know, and when we launched the campaign five years ago. We really were worried, you know, would people say we're too too soon, it's too early, what are you talking about, killer robots, you're crazy. Uh, but instead it was the opposite. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people were like, where have you been? We've been waiting yeah, for I mean, this. It why does, why it does haven't you feel done like this sooner? It's right. It does, it does, killer robots feels like it's almost upon us. You know what I mean? Like we should be checking the skies every day like they're here. Um, well, I think people are seeing it now in real time and, and being raised in policing. Uh, what we see with this huge debate about Amazon and its new facial recognition software. Yeah, that's crazy. Recognition with the K, you know, and the fact that that could be used for government surveillance of populations and policing. I was reading they could sell that technology to the... Yeah, I was reading they were were intending to sell that technology to the government, maybe, which is an interesting idea for a private product. Um, Right, and the the same thing has come up with Google in recent weeks with the massive protest by the Google employees against uh, this, this, this project that they've got going with the Pentagon called Project Maven uh, that is supposed to autonomously sort through all of the video footage that surveillance drones are taking and identify objects. And our question is, when does it move from identifying objects and places to people and determining targets? And if that's done autonomously, how does Amazon, how does Google, you know, ensure that this technology is, does not end up being used in a, in a fully autonomous weapon? Uh, what is the stance of Google? So, you know, this is not just about governments; it's about the companies as well, the big tech giants. Yeah, um, I, I I was reading that that uh, s- certain countries had sort of signed on to sort of a, a you know like a a notice of intention to want to ban or not use this kind of technology, but that there were some sort of gray areas with actually defining, you know, what constitutes an autonomous weapon system. Like, what, right. how do you know that a thing has achieved what is, would legally be considered autonomy? For us, it's a fairly simple definition. It's a weapon system that once launched or once activated would be able to select and attack targets without further human intervention. That's what we call a human out-of-the-loop, out-of-the-decision-making loop uh, weapon system. It's the same definition that the Pentagon uses and that many other countries also use. So it's a fairly simple concept, and it hinges around this notion of human control because autonomous weapon systems are going to be in all different shapes and sizes and used in many different kinds of places. It, It is a challenge to figure out how you would define it but our answer on that is that you define it by looking at the nature of human control over right. those critical combat functions. And if it's not there, you've got to kill a robot. If it is there, but, you know, right. we, we want to talk about the notion of meaningful human control because there has to be time to be able to deliberate and respond. And this is another thing that's driving it is this desire for speed and the fact that the human is part of this, you know, slowest part of, of, of warfare at the moment. So wouldn't it just be simpler to replace that human judgment with machines? Yeah. Um, if, if I'm allowed, I'd like to ask a quick question. Um, <laughs> um, number one, uh, 
Uh, well, I'm going to ask you what your what your day to day is like because I could tell you what I'm picturing first, and then I could tell you <laughs> what I think your day to day is like. Um, what I'm picturing is um, that you're running full speed towards uh, different places to uh, to stop robots. And what I would what I would love to know what what you do day to day to to help this fight and to to stop these robots. Sure thing. Uh, you know, I guess you sum up my life as too many weapons, not enough time. Mm. <laughs> That's I've been working for That's human terrifying. rights. Sounds like a really bad T-shirt. <laughs> on and off for the last twenty years, spending about half of my time at the moment on particularly problematic weapons, the most heinous and discriminant <laughs> weapons that you can think of. Can you so name a couple of those? Yeah. Cluster bombs, incendiary weapons that set fires and burn their victims. Uh, you know, and just all of the explosive weapons that are being used in populated areas right now in Syria, Iraq, and elsewhere. So I support the research that uh, we do on the ground to document the harm that is being caused to civilians. Uh, but my job is an advocate, so I work to convince governments to sign up to the relevant international treaties banning landmines, banning cluster bombs. And then I work to monitor and make sure that they're implementing those treaties, that they are declaring and destroying their stocks of cluster bombs and landmines, that they are um, rewriting their military doctrine and their training manuals so that this, the, these weapons are no longer included uh, in them. That's about half my job. The other half is coordinating this campaign to stop killer robots, which is a coalition of non-governmental organizations in, in about 30 countries. And that job it really is about communications. It's about sharing the comms between the campaigners in the different countries who are going out there and trying to raise this issue in their capitals and work with find their political leaders who want to be champions on this and, and, and increase awareness. Uh, but it's also engaging with governments too. So there's a lot of letter writing involved. And yes, we go to the United Nations for the relevant meetings and we monitor and we live tweet and we, you know, we want the public to know what the governments are doing about this. That's, that's, that's mm -hmm. the main reason that they'll act. And so we're responsible for that list of banned countries. Uh, it's not an official list. It's just a list that we retain because we want to show that support is growing. And at the moment, 26 countries have agreed to call for a ban on fully autonomous okay. weapons. Congratulations um, on that. I'm going to interject yeah. slightly here uh, just because we're talking about lists. And uh, we like to break into to, uh, our first segment right around this time, which is, an, right. is a little list of mine. Uh, the segment's called... On this, day. on this day, and it's just about some uh, some nice things that have happened on this day in history. All right. So it's going to be sort of a. It doesn't really. It's not really interactive for you, uh, Mary. So I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, but we get a little bit of uh, of of nice. This is about us. This is about. Uh, we're going to be a little <laughs> selfish right now and make this about us. Uh, you have to just deal with it, I guess. Um, uh huh. But uh, on uh, today's May 23rd. And uh, a few, a couple different things happened on May 23rd. Um, in 1829, uh, an accordion patent was granted to Cyril Demian in Vienna in the Austrian Empire. Was granted? 
It was uh, a patent was gra- granted. Granted. Did I say gratin? You said gratin. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just like to think that, you know, thanks to, to Cyril, we all have accordions now, which, you know, we wouldn't have Weird Al. We wouldn't have so many wonderful polkas. Uh, so I'm just really happy that Cyril was able to give us uh, the accordion. We wouldn't have entertainment at Italian restaurants. Yeah, Italian restaurants would be so boring. And then in 1911, on May 23rd, uh, the New York Public Library was dedicated. Wow. So if you've ever been in the New York Public Library, it's amazing. It is it's amazing. It's an enormous place. There's lions in front of it. Yeah, huge big old lions. But anyway, that's two uh, sort of nice things that happened on May 23rd uh, in history. Yeah. I, I have, I have a, uh, a question, if I can. Um, <laughs> sure. I would love to know, can you, once technology is kind of out of the bag, can you put it back in? Like if something is invented and it is... It is deemed valuable yeah, like as, a new, back as a new invention. Uh, can you reverse that? Or is the nature of progress uh, uh, one that you, you can't go back on something that has been um, shown to the world? Well, this is the part where we hoped that we were too early. <laughs> we weren't too early? Um, oh, where we that are we were, early. Oh, that okay. we, we, we are too early. And in a way, I think we launched at the right time because there's very few states out there who want to talk about the possible benefits or advantages to creating a killer robot. I can list them on one hand. It's basically Israel and the United States. Mm. And they're, yeah, they're investing in, in autonomous systems, you know, and U.S. officials like to say that there will always be a human in the loop, you know. And we're kind of, we debate, well, what kind of loop are you talking about and what kind of human control and the rest of it. Um, but most countries are, are scared and are concerned enough that they want to take action on this. So, you know, at Human Rights Watch, we work in support of international humanitarian law. That's that's our bread and butter. That's what we do to try and make sure that IHL is respected and not can, just international humanitarian law, but human rights law as well. Mm-hmm. We see value. Can you in give me an example of a of a technology like this that has been prevented or that has been limited in a successful way? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, back in 1995, uh, the, the same treaty that's talking about killer robots at the moment negotiated a preemptive ban on blinding lasers. And you don't hear wow. about blinding lasers now because they were prohibited more than 20 years ago. Nice. Uh, a, a laser weapon that would intentionally blind another human soldier. That's what the United States had on the drawing board. Wow. There so, were there we, so, we were, so we were actively creating that. Yeah. Are we sort yeah. of the monster? Are we Are we the supervillains? Like, no. It sounds like every single time no, we're like, that's ridiculous. we're the ones inventing every single doomsday device no, this, the world has ever known. We're the greatest nation this, what this other world's ever known. Crazy, are there like other this. crazy weapons like blinding lasers? I mean, we see blinding. We see lasers being used today. Blinding but they're lasers on is ships an EDM band. Against imperial targets, and there's also dazzling lasers, which do not permanently blind. I'd actually be for that. But, yeah, but raise some <laughs> questions. Uh, but on the whole, that that instrument has been well respected, and to to what we can tell, nobody's been going out there trying to develop these kinds of weapon systems. And we'd know about it if they were what, used. What would obviously. it take to get traction in the United States? Like, how hard is it to get to get us on board? What do we What do we need to hear, or what well, what, what do we need to change? How do we need to change? <laughs> 
Well, we just want people to feel that they can control their destiny here and that things don't have to go the direction that seems inevitable. And that's probably the biggest challenge that we face in this campaign is, is from everybody, from militaries to governments to others saying, we don't like this technology. We think it's a terrible idea, but it's inevitable, Mary. It's coming, you know, therefore we have to deal with it, you know. And what we say back to them is, well, we see a ban treaty as inevitable if you keep twiddling around and not, not taking any action mm. here. Uh, there's a group of states that is now starting to organize uh, to create new international law. I'm confident that we'll have that treaty in the next two years, if possible. But if it takes longer than that, frankly, we may have lost this battle here. Now, I'm going uh, to... Sorry, I yeah. I'm going to pretend to be someone now that it, that is a devil's advocate and that's disagreeing with you, if but that's okay. He's pretending. I'm not a, he's pretending. Look, I'm just pretending. I'm not a person it's in favor of killing robots. It's just to raise an argument. I'm not someone who sits around, you know, hoping that we have robots that are autonomous that could kill. Uh, yeah. Um, but never, if I was... Never crossed our If minds. I was a proponent <laughs> of it, that. if I was, I would say, hey, we could save human lives on the battlefield right. by having killer robots who are doing the killing and therefore uh, not human beings. What would you say to that if someone says, yeah, hey, we evidence, can save lives? Where's the evidence for that assertion? Because we've, not, we've been asking for that you know, precise evidence and we've not seen that yet. There's a lot of speculation and hype on, on the side of a few academics and a few think tanks and one roboticist who say that these things could save lives. You know, we've got oh. a moral obligation to develop uh, killer robots because mm -hmm. we might then not have to send I mean, our soldiers into battle. I mean, that's just such a great sentence. We have a moral obligation to develop killer robots. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, right? that's a, yeah, that's one for the... It's funny, too, because you are basically every character who has come back from the future in most <laughs> movies to warn everyone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like you're, you're I'm probably the worst one uh, to coordinate this campaign. No, in every, I'm, in every I'm movie, someone is sent from the future to be like, don't make robots do stuff. Don't make robots <laughs> sanction. Don't make robots kill people. Um, you are essentially that character from every movie. Well, it's like when the NRA is like, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people. But this is right. literally the guns have woken up and are now killing people. Yeah, but sorry, to yeah. go back to my original, to the, my point there when I was playing that role of, of devil's advocate. Um, yes. I, I would think that if you put a robot on a battlefield, you wouldn't put a human. But you're saying there's no evidence to state that we could keep humans from the battlefield even if we had these robots. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, look at today's warfare. Civilians are, the, are the, bearing the brunt of the harm that is caused in conflict every day at the moment. Uh, you know, there's far more civilians being harmed in warfare than, than soldiers. And so one argument is, yes, we could save soldiers' lives, but we're kind of like, and what about all the civilians who yeah. still live in that country uh, who, who, who are still going to face these kinds of weapon systems? The first country to call for a ban on this was Pakistan. And Pakistan said, yeah. look, we've been the victim of armed drones. If this is what's coming next, we want no part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're doing all they can to try and prevent the development of these weapons. And I'm glad you call it killer robots because someone could probably euphemize it in a way that sounds great. But that's what they are. Right. Yeah. They're trying, you know, but come on. Lethal is killer and, and autonomous means robot. Uh, yeah. you know, and weapon system means it's, it's, it's likely to be lethal as well. We, you know, we're not just concerned with potential use and conflict. 
but also in law enforcement. Yeah, and absolutely. Policing. That's what I was thinking. Is immediately law enforcement is that immediately the police would every uh, the sheriffs association in every state would be demanding uh, human out of the loop uh, killer robots. And they would be po- absolutely right. and, and policing the neighbors. They would call them RoboCops, the... I would assume. Right? <laughs> and I, mean, I have seen yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the 80s and knew everything. Yeah, I guess everything. that's what we've got on side here is that I didn't realize until I started on this, this particular job how much science fiction at the moment is depicting things that are near term. You know, mm. look at Black Mirror. Watch that's true. that. And same in the gaming community as well. A lot of the, the, the computer games that are being developed at the moment are also based on near, near-term near projections and not these kind of far-off fantasy-type scenarios mm. anymore. So Hollywood is doing us a favor here, uh, and we do get the sense that a lot of creative people are on side uh, too, you know? And, you know, scientists play video games, so they can create what they play. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I think I, I have a, a right. quick question, and you know, feel free to answer this however you want. How cool is it when you get asked at a party what you do to say I I fight against killer robots? <laughs> is that usually your answer when it, people ask what you do? Uh, yes, I guess so. I fight against p- particularly problematic weapons, and and the people I'm fighting for are civilians. You know, yeah. but and my question is, how cool is military that? Who are our best allies? You know, and that's how the blinding lasers protocol was won. Militaries realized they didn't want to face another a weapon like that on the battlefield. That was just a step too far. And so, what is is kind of I, I think is cool. Uh, is the way in which this really gets to the heart of what it means to be a human soldier mm-hmm. and all of those virtues and training and years of effort that you put into becoming a professional soldier. So they really don't like take kindly to these arguments that killer robots won't rape or pillage or you know commit war crimes. They're kind of like, but we're good soldiers. We don't do yeah. that is it, anyway. Is it, is it interesting? I, I, and I, I just I, I want to know on a personal level because you're uh-huh. involved very much in diminishing aspects of warfare, which makes me think you're probably not a person who's pro-war. But <laughs> You shouldn't be pro-war. No you know, one's pro-war. In, in, a, in a weird way, you're just like, you know, moving the, uh, you're moving the, the, the parameters. Whereas like, right. uh, I, 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 is that difficult sometimes to sort of exist in a place where you're like, I'm inhibiting certain aspects. You're saying, let's kill each other, but yeah. in the way this that's is, healthy. This is the way you guys should kill each other. Yeah. Like, this right. is an acceptable I, I level guess, of cruelty. I guess I've been around the block a little bit too long. Having done this for the last 20 years, I'm starting to see things come back around again. For example, there was a company in the United States that was the last one uh, manufacturing cluster bombs, and they got out of the business after after we 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 cast a spotlight on their use of those weapons in can Yemen. You, can you go in a little bit on cluster bombs and explain exactly what they are for those of us Sorry, who are less familiar? Cluster bombs being a, a weapon that's dropped from the aircraft or, or launched from artillery, opens up in the air and disperses much smaller little bomblets or submunitions. Mm. That ah. then drop to to the ground and are supposed to detonate upon impact, you know, like when you're trying to bomb a runway strip or something like that. Uh, but the problem with them is, if you're caught up in a cluster munition strike, you know, they don't distinguish between civilian and combatant. So a lot of civilians have been harmed. 
and classed ammunition attacks, and then they just have been notoriously unreliable. So they've left behind a lot of unexploded bomblets that then uh, detonate at all sorts of awkward times uh, and the, the most inappropriate times are when, when they're being handled, usually by children. Uh, so these are the reasons why states decided to prohibit cluster munitions a decade ago, and 120 countries are now part of that international treaty, not the United States. Right. Well, that, that's a very vivid illustration right there. Um, quick so, question um, you know, about yeah. who's the villain here? Like, you know, my mom has always said one thing, it's follow the money. So who's, who's, <laughs> who's profiting off of this? Who, uh, well, who, if, we, if there was, was an evil villain the... in, this, in this movie of your mm-hmm. life, who's the villain? Who's Jeremy Irons? Yeah. <sighs> like, who, yeah, who's, who's uh, yeah, enemy number but... one in the fight against killer robots? Is it governmental or is it, or is it a, a private organization that stands to profit from this? To be honest, our focus, my focus has been on governments because mm-hmm. governments are the ones who regulate corporations uh, and a mm-hmm. lot of the in arms theory. manufacturers are kind of, in theory, a lot of the arms manufacturing around the world, around the world is still uh, done by governments and government-owned entities, uh, government, state-owned companies. Uh, that's in places like China and Russia. And in the United States, they've actually got quite strict rules around the export uh, of weapons, but we do have some formidable uh, defense contractors who are really getting in to artificial intelligence and autonomy in a big way. I'm thinking about Lockheed Martin, which is the largest manufacturer in the world at the moment, and they just put out a very slick uh, little video clip talking about how autonomy is everywhere. And, uh, you know, this is not about human less. It's about more humans. Uh, they're, they're taking our language and kind of twisting it around mm-hmm. a little bit, which irritates me. But at the same time, it's good to kind of hear them trying to be on the right side. You know, they want to be on the right side right. on this from the get-go. No arms companies really making a case that they can develop a lethal autonomous weapon system. Um, probably the closest that we, we get to that is, is some of the Israeli arms companies who, who do everything under the authority of the government. I was going to ask, too, do you, you have a question, Lucas? No, no, go okay. ahead, Barry. Okay, uh, we're going to do a segment in a second, but I had a quick question. So how do you feel about robots in general? Do you do? Because we are moving more and more towards autonomy with everything. Um, you know, right. we, we talk to Alexas in our houses and tell them to put music on and to give to do lists and to buy things. Mm-hmm. And you know, how do you how do you feel about autonomy in general and robots in general and AI in in um, general? I'm going to say in general as many times as possible in this question. Right. I mean, there's been a lot of excitement around autonomy. Uh, but I think people are beginning to realize the downsides, and they're seeing that now with social media and the way that's been influenced uh, in the wrong way. Uh, but they also see that in the way that some of these tech giants are starting to suck up to the Pentagon <laughs> and the police mm-hmm. departments and mm-hmm. marketing their their, well, their even, work. It you even know? plays a role in the in the financial communities because they have they've built these bo- bots now that do uh, enormous transactional purchases. Uh, on uh, their own, basically, and so right. they, they and they are all racing around the stock market together. And I guess the only way they like the the competitive edge is that they're the cord length that attaches these machines to the processors is the length mm-hmm. of time it takes to make these decisions. So like the stock, there are he, these huge volatile stock market fluctuations that come because mm. these machines are microseconds behind each other, buying and right. selling enormous quantities of stock without really human interference. And so, what, should right. we have laws about that? 
that? How yeah. far should we go, I think, is the question. Should, we, should it just be well, a military use, or should we stop it from getting involved in money? Re- really, it's and the economy in, you know, that's killing us. So I can't buy sneakers from my Google home, you know, <laughs> yeah, things like yeah. that? I need my, I need right. my, my Google sneakers. Yeah. I mean, when we started out, I didn't quite realize the extent to which we're at the kind of edge here of regulation and, and our call for new international law and for national tre- national laws. Uh, you know, th- the rest of the field has been largely unregulated until now. And you can say that the law applies, existing law applies, but I think there are probably going to be other situations where, you know, regulation is needed. Mm-hmm. You're, I think people are learning a lot about bias and algorithms at the moment, you know, and that's been around for a while, you know, in determining who gets a mortgage. Buyer's uh, algorithms. Or, financial support, but now it's, you know, when you start to then apply autonomy to bail systems, you know, so judges rely on on the reports that they get from a computer that's flipped through as to whether or not they'll grant bail and under what conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, My colleague here at Human Rights Watch did a report on that in California, I think. Uh, So maybe if you succeed, then all these other places can take that as a precedent and we can move further. And you know, Perhaps. I don't, I don't, I don't want uh, you know some robot dealing my money around. <laughs> I don't. I mean, we're not saying that that new law is the answer to everything. Of course, it's not. You know, and and then that cannot prevent cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sets True. a standard. It sets a norm. It sets a rule. And that's why we call for a ban because for us, that's much more easy to uh, ensure implementation and verification than a complex and complicated series of rules saying you can use in these circumstances yeah, and not because others. Once, they're crea- once the cat's out of the bag and they're created, it's going to be very hard to limit use. Right? That's, that was that's, my, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, no argument from us there. You know, yeah. I yep. think the rest of the world is, is looking at this, you know, We've listed about six countries that are investing heavily in autonomous weapons, the United States being in the lead, uh, but also China and Russia, South Korea, Israel and the UK. Um, And all of the other countries now are looking at what they're doing and saying, well, uh, are we going to go down this road as well? Because either we're all going to have this kind of technology or none of us should, you know. So they're at this It'll kind be of really crazy when we go back to the days point. of wishing we were just at like nuclear, like at nuclear <laughs> annihilation. Do you remember when we all just had nukes? Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I keep thinking of The Handmaiden's Tale and how the analog future is, you know, being depicted as the scary future. Oh, no, case. I haven't seen it. Yeah, don't, no, spoiler, oh. no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> There's no killer robots in Handmaiden's Tale? Oh, bummer. But that's what we're doing at the moment, right? We're moving from the analog world to the digital world. Yeah. Uh, and I was I was born in that analog world, but, you know, and I've, I've in my advocacy is fax machines and emails and websites, and now we're onto the social media tools. You know, all of this has been tools up until now. But when analog. it really starts Analog in the to, streets. Digital yeah. in the sheets. Um, when it kind of comes into your household, though, it's, it's, a, it's a different matter. Mary, you know? let me cut you off for one second. We're going to do a quick segment, if that's okay. Sure. This is this sure. one does involve you, and it's called the Lightning Round. Okay, so real quick, this is how we're going to learn a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you listen to the show all the time, so you know how this works. 
Um, we're basically we're going to ask you five questions we're each. Okay, we're each going to ask you five questions. Yeah, I'm going to start. Oh so goodness. just focus on me for now. Yeah, just focus on Barry. I'm going to ask you five <laughs> questions to learn about you. You can only answer after all five have gotten out. He's going to do all five oh in goodness. a row, and then you, then you have thirty seconds to try and answer them. It's a little memory game, and it's a little way for you to honestly answer some questions yeah, here. If and that's okay. Please mm-hmm. keep your an- answers as honest as possible. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> So yeah. I'm going to ask all five, and then we could start. You could start answering. Here we go. Uh-huh. All right, lightning round. <laughs> okay, number one. What is your favorite robot of all time? This could include robots in TV, film, video games, or literature. Two. If you were given the chance to destroy all weapons that have been built for the sole purpose of hurting, except for one weapon, what weapon would it be, and why? Three, when you're in a good mood in your car, what's your go-to song? Four, (laughs) Short Circuit or Knight Rider? Five, what do you think was the first robot ever made? Go. Oh. Great question. Short Circuit. Okay, great. That was a great Um, answer. That's correct. Great answer. That's the correct one. You know, the robot term came up, it was invented by a Czech playwright who put it into his um, play that he was writing at the Love time. That. Uh, you know, and that robot was the walking, talking arms and legs and the rest of it. Oh. Those are the friendly robots that we're used to and that, that we teach our kids about. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the harder robots are the ones like Hal in, in, space in 2001 Odyssey. Space Oddity. Yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a dangerous robot, and that's probably not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one. It's pretty unfair asking me if we could destroy all weapons in the world except for one. Mm-hmm. I what know. would that be? That's but part I of guess it. my work has been on weapons that are particularly indiscriminate, that have effects that cannot be controlled. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so weapons that can be controlled are, are guns, you know. We're not gonna be able to we're not gonna be able to outlaw guns, but we definitely need to do something about guns in mm-hmm. this country in the United States. Well, you can get rid of so every kind of weapon. Every kind of weapon except one. one weapon. You could only, the world would only have one kind of weapon left. So think about it. You'd be a left. hero for getting rid of every other you type of weapon. You could get rid of missiles, mm-hmm. explosives, uh, everything. But it can't but be can like s- a baseball bat because that's not a sole purpose to hurt people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it has to be a weapon. Right. Yeah. But it could well, be any I'm weapon. Realist. But yeah, you don't have I'm to be a realist. I'm being a realist here and saying that guns can be pointed and you can have responsibility for shooting mm. a gun. Okay. okay. A lot of the I weapons like I deal yeah, with, yeah. You, you cannot have a responsibility, you cannot have accountability. They're incredibly indiscriminate and inhumane and heinous and the rest of it. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and guns are the problem in this country at the moment. They really need to be regulated much more strongly than, than we have at the moment. My answer okay. would have been boxing gloves. I, I was going to say really long spears. <laughs> really, really long spears. Okay, is that you missed one. one? You have one question you did not answer yet. We're from the good in the car. Yeah. What song do I listen to? Memory, you got you know, it. I'm from memory. New Zealand. I'm from New Zealand, I, so I'm going to say some local bands that you probably haven't heard of, like Fat Freddy Drop. Wait, say it and again. Cora and other kind of, you know, roots, reggae, happy music. Nice. <laughs> Dub, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I'm giving you a full point on that one. You got every single question, and I loved every single one of your answers. Most people don't score anything on Barry's round, so that's a great. Mm -hmm. You did great. That's a great job. So you got one point. (laughs) 
That's what we should call this segment yeah. now. Good grief. Good grief. Good grief. Um, okay. All right. So now that's round two is coming up, and that's my five questions. Okay. And it's the same. It's all. It it functions exactly the same as the previous round. None of the rules have changed. You, I'm still. I'm going to be asking questions, and you're going to be the one you answering. Get, you them. get this. Yeah. You're a pro. You got a point. You're doing great. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Lightning round. Two. One. Are you afraid the robots will come for you first? Two. What if robots only kicked people in the shins? Would that be okay? Three. Would the Second Amendment protect a sentient robot's right to bear arms? Ah. Four. Should I be nicer to my Roomba? Five. Mm. Could I arrest a robot for trying to kill me? Oh, could uh-huh. you arrest a robot? Mm-hmm. Citizens arrest. Citizens arrest. Well, if Got it's it. trying to kill me, I'm not waiting for the cops. Got it. <laughs> okay, you're on the clock, Mary. Mm-hmm. Well, robots don't have the same rights as humans, so it's impossible to arrest a robot or oh. to hold it accountable. That's one you of just the shut it reasons off. why we're, we're concerned about autonomous weapons is the lack of accountability there. Mm-hmm. I don't have a Rumba vacuum cleaner. I understand their utility. Uh, and the, and the Should I be nicer? Should I be cool nicer to, well? to, my, to my Roomba? I don't know. What are you doing to it at the moment? Standing uh, on it? Putting your pet on it? <laughs> good catch. Good catch. Yeah, coming good catch. right at that me. That was a trick question. I like how you turned it around. Hardball. <laughs> um, we don't really like the term lethal in terms of lethal autonomous weapon systems. But yeah, kicking somebody in the shin is, is quite different to killing them. Mm-hmm. But it would be a robot. So, so think I... how hard a robot could kick maybe. Yeah, well, people have seen the, all of the videos of the Boston Dynamics, you know, Big Dog and the other other robotics robots that are being I've tested at the moment. They're very disturbing. Throwing concrete blocks. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, they're they so scary. They're actually quite powerful. And what a they scary could do example. Somehow. I like her answer. It's true. You don't want robots kicking people in the shins. So, yeah. But that is better than killing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and if you, they come for me, it's going to be quite hard because I'll be in New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> is New Zealand like robot? I'm lucky robot I've got free. that privilege. Yeah. That's right, you guys it's have that, that robot force field. That keeps me going. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, I'm going to give her a full point on that. I yeah. think she got all of them, Well, right? it was my round, so it was my decision. Oh, your decision, but yeah. I agree, and I would also give you a full point for that, Mary. You're one of the few that have gotten a full point Nobody's in both rounds. Ever, I don't think anyone's ever achieved Flula two did. points. Yeah, yeah. Flula. I'm going to say it again. Good grief, guys. I would, say, <laughs> I would say, yeah, the only other person who did as well was a German, and okay. so that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Before we get back to you, I'm going to do one more quick segment for you here. It's called Would You Rather. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is a fan favorite. All right, I don't know if you're familiar with the game, but it's based on a... It's, there's, it's a multiple choice. Uh, it's a game of preferences. Yeah. You just okay. choose one, and you got to say why. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, and you have to be honest. Once again, okay. all of it's our It's a games hypothetical, are... and you feel free to ask questions about it, too. But once you pick one, you got to say why, and we'll, we'll give you a point if we agree. Okay, here we go. Uh-huh. Ready? Would you rather... Yeah. Find out that you're actually a robot, or find out that everyone else is actually a robot, <laughs> and you're the only human. Go. You have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have been watching Westworld on, on HBO. Ah, true. It was an inspiration That's for this. That's another kind of cultural reference to throw in there about, uh, you know, are you a robot? Or is everybody else a robot? Everybody's a robot. I have an answer, too, just to let you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what my answer you gotta would be pick. on that one. Just pick. I've got to pick? Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to. Uh, I'd probably say that everybody else is going to be a robot before I am. Ah, <laughs> you really don't like robots. I have robots. too many human failings to, to okay. qualify me to be a robot. <laughs> okay, I would actually choose the first one um, that I find out that I'm actually a robot. Because you're um, strong and live forever? Um, yeah, because I think I could actually, uh, I could use it. You'd be like a superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You join mm-hmm. the NBA. Yeah, I think so. I could reprogram <laughs> myself or something like that. So I'm actually giving you uh, no points on that because you didn't <laughs> you, you didn't confidently have an answer. But uh, yeah, I, th- I thought you did great. Enough. I thought you did great, and uh, and that was uh, would you rather? Would you ra- ra- rather? Okay. Um, I in the in the process of doing research on this Googled um, robots and and autonomous weapons, and I found uh-huh. an article from the Guardian. Um, and there was the UN, the, the headline is robots are not taking over, says head of UN body on autonomous weapons. Um, right. Do you know about yeah, this? Yeah, that was the, the, that was the chair of the talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was last November. He, yes. he felt under pressure because uh, a couple of the artificial intelligence experts issued a film called Slaughterbots that showed, uh, these tiny autonomous drones and what they could do if, uh, if, if we go ahead and allow their creation so the chair of the talks was trying to, I guess he was trying to be funny. <laughs> okay. Well, it, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, yeah. It comes it was across a good line. as... It got picked up in the media, uh, but none of us are afraid of robots. We just want to draw the line at certain, certain uses of autonomy and warfare. So there are, there are people who are disagreeing with you on this. It, or I, I, it, might, it might not have been him, but is there, is there a movement against what you're trying to do? Is there a campaign really, for, no. more, for more uh, killer I'm robots? For it, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. I think it's just this kind of apathy from some of the major powers, like uh, Russia and U.S. and Israel, who keep saying we need more time. We we need to understand what we're talking about here before we can take any action on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's way too early to try and create new international law or to try and, you know, curb or restrain this development. Those are the yeah, those are probably the is, biggest challenges is, out there. You know, the arms industry wants to be seen as doing the right thing on this. We're highly skeptical when we see the amounts of money that are involved. I'm highly um, skeptical when it, whenever anything starts with the arm arms industry was yeah. like, mm. you know. And then you, you, there's a Unless kind of handful of academics arms. and a few think tanks who've, who've <laughs> really made a name for themselves by taking the contrary position, right? We're all saying bank killer robots. They're like, hey, wait a minute, you know. Uh, and it's that point counterpoint thing that media look for. Um, yeah, which, so, yeah, not everything has yeah. a counterpoint. Does it ever, like, yeah. drive you nuts that you have to make the case repeatedly to ban killer robots? That it's not more self-evident that this is obviously a right. terrible decision and that there right. probably no good can come of this. And I advocacy yeah. is all about repetition, you know, and in my world, diplomats come and go. They rotate in and out every three or four years, uh, which is why we often have a lot more in common with the military. Once you're a soldier, you, you know, you're a soldier. That doesn't that doesn't change. And it's a little bit like us as activists. Once you're an activist and you're, you're, you're passionate about something, you, you don't you don't stop. You but I would, I would disagree with you, Lucas. I, I Sorry to disagree, but. I, mean, I, I don't I think it's. Your apology, I think it's self-evident when you say killer robots, but I think for a lot of people, uh, progress at all costs seems to be kind of um, seen as almost a uh, as activism in itself. Whereas a lot of people in technology look at creating 
new newer and newer ways of doing things as like uh, yeah the holy grail it's the mecca for yeah. the industry and i think if you if you frame it as like look i'm i'm taking and this is again not what i believe so you know i'm playing a character here but <laughs> you know if i'm going to actually take human loss out of battle i think a lot of people would be for well, that i think the the thing so that, I, that, I think it's always confusing it's how you about frame that it. it's well it's where's the battlefield yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. we're not playing by 1700 rules anymore where you line up your armies in a field outside of the town and choose a time of the day and then just run them at each other. Exactly. Like, the whole world is but the we still invade, right now. But yeah. And, and civilian pop- population zones are always going to be a part of that battlefield equation. Like, those proportionality equations you were talking about earlier, I think, is sort of like, I'm yep. sure, a lot of what a lot of that is, is like a lot of these embedded military targets or government targets or terrorist organizations, however you want to classify the enemy, uh, are embedded within civilian populace. And that that would actually, you know, and again, I know you're you're arguing with this fictional person I'm playing. Yes, I'm I'm looking past you at the person But what this person would also say, and Mary, feel free to comment on this, is that uh, maybe if you had actual robots going in, you could prevent civilian death because they could be more discriminate than dropping a bomb. You know, I've heard everything. I've heard that said about cluster munitions and other weapon systems, that this is just so precise and so accurate and so, you know, useful (laughs) that we couldn't possibly get rid of it, you know. Uh, And we're we're saying we're not trying to stop you from using artificial intelligence and autonomy. We just draw the line Mm -hmm. at putting it in a weapon system to the point at which it's no longer under human control. For us, that's the no-brainer. And that's the thing that everybody gets, right? That's that's what we want to kind of prick here is the dictates of the public conscience because it has a meaning in international law, this thing called the Martin's Clause. But the public uh, conscience, what public what the public thinks about this really matters on this one. Uh, and that's where, you know, I'm trying my best to, to lead a campaign that demonstrates what, what the public wants to see happen on this. Uh, and when we speak to audiences around the world, most of them are shocked and horrified when they hear that this is on the books, this is a potential development, uh, and then they ask, where do I sign the petition, you know, <laughs> yeah. where yeah. do I join the, the, the Twitter feed and the rest of it. They want to kind of check our progress and see how we're now, doing. Can, can I ask um, a, that's a huge responsibility. Can I just uh, interject quickly? Uh, yes, you may. Y- thanks, Barry. Mm-hmm. Um when, you know, we talk. You talk about killer robots, and it feels very specific and concrete what you mean by that. But like, how many direct layers of contact between the AI and the autonomy and the killing need to exist before it's like that's a safe distance. That's a safe degree mm-hmm. of removal from whatever Where's the they, line. Yeah, like it, you know, it feels right. like AI I mean, could be seen. indirectly connected yeah. to a lot of military strategies or military things or. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels like they could still be involved at some point in the process. What's too close? Or is it a you-know-it-when-you-see-it type deal? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, you see warfare becoming ever more remote or distant, you know? The United States sending armed drones into to countries that it's not at war with, but to go out there and to select targets, uh, you know, that are, that are extrajudicial. Like, what on earth is going on there? Whereas the oversight for all of that work... For that program, what gives the United States the right to do that? Uh, so I'm not saying that armed drones are the answer. They're not. Uh, they raise a, a lot of ethical and other concerns. Um, but we just we draw the line at, at at going even further down the road of autonomy. 
Um, I'm is not really, the, really the answering line, your question, though. Sorry. I, I, I think yeah. I think what can, if I could rephrase it because I think you're saying it's a fine line. Is that what you're saying? Is, it, is it the idea that um, the, at the point when someone is deciding or something is deciding to kill, is that the line? Is it the decision or is it the act? Yeah. Right. Um, is it the decision or the act? I guess it's both. Yeah, it's the decision that something is a legitimate target. And then it's the use of force against it, That's a, lethal yeah. or otherwise. Oftentimes, when we talk about meaningful human control over weapon systems, you know, countries will say, "Oh, but we already have that." You know, mm. it's called uh, existing international law, or it's called mm-hmm. good programming. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of like we're kind of like, look, we know that weapons go through yeah, all these different nerds. cycles. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but what we're us. concerned about are the critical combat functions, the critical. The, the selection and attacking of targets. Okay, so that's be, where we draw the line. Before we get to our next, uh, our final segment, um, I, I wanted to ask you really quick: give us a worst case scenario for what this could look like if we don't act, and what what will the world look like if in in the worst case of of killer robots taking over our, our military, and then tell us what everyday people can do to prevent this. I mean, I think everybody's seen the film or read the book or, or played the game. They've got their own idea of what a killer robot could could look like. Um, the ones that we've not really focused on in our campaign until now, in part because we didn't want to project too far into the future and also because we didn't want to scare people, are the swarms of small autonomous uh, weapons that uh, could be produced not just in the dozens or, or hundreds, but by the thousands. Like bees, uh, like tiny. So, yeah, there was like a Black a Mirror of, episode about that. Really, a swarm yeah, of yeah. tiny autonomous weapons attacking oh, a city. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And yeah. They, could, they could go under doors, um, probably through cracked windows. Yeah. Watch yeah. Black Mirror, you know, watch they Slaughterbots. Could, People are thinking about this now already, but they are in the very early stages of development here in the United States as well as uh, China. We understand. Well, speaking of pop culture references, I have a little segment here uh, uh, with music (laughs) uh, called Name That Uplifting Tune. All right, so I'm going to play a snippet of a song here, and then it's your guys' job to try and figure it out. Okay, what song it is? Is is and it just say? Is it from New Zealand? It's. <laughs> I'm unclear on that. Okay, I think it. not. Okay. 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 I would be playing to your strengths if I'd picked a New Zealand. Mary, band you know Mary. music that isn't from New Zealand, yeah, right? Do you, listen, you don't do you listen, listen to non New Zealand music? music? Right? Yeah, not, maybe. You guys call it non Zealand music? <laughs> okay. okay, I think we should jump in. We're gonna jump in. I'm gonna play a little snippet of song. Barry's incredible at this I'm game, at by this. the way. I'll so give you a chance, get your Mary. ears ready. Okay. He's kind of like our Shazam. Uh-huh. Do you guys have Shazam in New Zealand, right? No. Yes. Okay, great. Here's the song. I have no idea. Oh, Any wait. Guesses? I know it. It sounds like the intro to like an old sci-fi TV show. Yeah, you want to hear more? Should we hear more? Oh, wow. I don't think it's kicked in yet. I don't think the actual part of the song is kicked in. This is The song changes. It, the song, I bet this it's going to change drastically. This is the prelude to what the song is. 
It's a long trailer. <laughs> this is really long. I thought you guys might be familiar. Oh, Mr. Roboto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of gave it away at that Tomo, point, right? Yeah. Tomo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Well, because I was like, you know, yeah. I know we're technically against robots today, and it's I don't sort of know an why anti-robot I campaign. I kept thinking video killed the radio star. No. I mean, it's from the same era-ish. Oh, okay. Uh, but, you know, I thought a thank you, Mr. Robot, would sort of be like, maybe there's a world where us and the robots have figured out how to get along. And I thought that was like a positive sort of vibe. Yeah, and we're pro-robot in this campaign. We're okay, <laughs> you guys are pro-bots. We're to autonomous weapons, you know? Yeah. The Great. use of autonomy so, yeah. and weapon systems. And so uh, the second part of my question from before that second was, what can everybody do? What can normal, regular people who aren't robot fighters, what, what should we do mm-hmm. to prevent I mean, we've this? We've been asking people to contact their, their local lawmaker uh, to urge the United States to support the call for a ban on fully autonomous weapons. You mean I a senator, like a senator? Things that, yeah, so senators especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the most power at the moment, right? Right. Uh, and then I've, you know, noticed in the last week with the outrage over Amazon and its facial recognition software, there's a call now for, not from the campaign, but I've seen for people to call their local police department and ask, are you going to be trialing and trying to use this facial recognition technology? And if so, how are you going to ensure privacy and, and how are you going to ensure that you get the right targets? Uh, you know, ask all the questions that I'm sure that we've all got about what will happen when that kind of and technology maybe boycott is Amazon until they, the until they do it. Yeah, and also oh, contact sponsor? Amazon oh, they're not a sponsor. And, and Google for sure and ask them what they're doing to support the call to ban killer robots. You know, how will they ensure their technology is not going to be used in these kinds of weapon systems? Everybody's responsible here. Yeah. And so for the public, I think it's about asking questions right now of their elected officials uh, and, and, and just demonstrating their support. We'll, is, it, we'll, we'll is there any specific language? Kind of- if, if, if people were to call, would you be like, here's, some, here's a sentence you should say that would make mm-hmm. the message clear what I, that I would like to stop killer robots? Is that what they should say? Should they call their senator well, and say, it- I want to stop killer robots? <laughs> I want to know what the United States is doing to prevent the development of fully autonomous weapons, okay. which people call killer robots. Uh, you know, to be specific in that you're talking about weapon systems here. Uh, and Joe's just right. It's, Stop it's, killer it's robots. Call. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's the call that we've issued. Okay, so uh, and we wanted it to be something that we could say in, in one sentence. You know, if it takes a, if it takes half an hour to explain what you're trying to do, you've you've lost your audience there. Uh, this this took an people, hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we're, what we ask all our guests, and actually, while we're asking you this, um, we usually eat food with our guests, but you're not here, so we um, can't. So we can't actually share. We we try and do food that is good for you, good for the world. It's like an ethical munchie. Um, so uh, while we we're asking you this next question, we are going to be having something called amazing mayo, amazing mayo. Are we putting it on anything? Uh, no, we're just going <laughs> to stick our fingers in it and have it. Uh, <laughs> Have spoods. Okay. Uh, does is mayo it like exist in New Zealand? Mayo? Is it special spicy mayo? Mm, no, uh, uh, it's just regular mayo that we're sticking <laughs> our fingers in while you'll be talking. Okay, so this is uh, this is a mayo that has no calories, no fat, no carbs, no gluten, no sugar does of it have any eggs? kind. It has zero What's anything. In it? Um, and it's amazing. 
because it has great taste. <laughs> These are, this is not a sponsor, I swear to God. Uh-huh. Uh, great taste, no calories. How do we do it? With rich natural flavors. I don't know. What's how. that mean? I don't know. Okay. Um, so we're going to have right? this. Eggs. And we're going to be <laughs> honest about how it feels. And then while we're doing that, we ask all our guests to bring up a charity or an organization that us and our listeners should donate to. Um, and we'd like for you, Mary, to, to tell us where money should go. Oh, my Your goodness. Your choice. Anywhere. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I guess another way to demonstrate what the public wants on this is for the public to support our campaign to stop killer robots. And they can do that by, by donating to Human Rights Watch and, and Human saying Watch. that this donation is for the campaign to stop killer robots. Um, we, we're using those funds to increase awareness at the national level, to build a new website, to create more animated films, to basically do a much more public-facing campaign. Because right. a lot of mm-hmm. our work's been quite policy-oriented uh-huh. and detailed. It's time that the public really um, got to grips with all of the challenges that are raised by this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I feel I bad about asking for money, but unfortunately that is what no, we need. No, that's what we're no, trying we're to do. do. Yeah, we're trying we're to get, trying to get, get you guys money. If, and if I we just get want lots to say of small donations from small donors, uh, but that, that's a, another indication of support mm-hmm. that people want our cause right. to succeed. And I think yeah. we, we have to give a quick review yeah. also to our I'm mayo. I'm just say that's terrible mayonnaise. This is one of the worst things. <laughs> Mary, you're not here, but this is actually one of the worst things I've ever tasted. I mean, I know you were dying to stick your finger in this in this mayonnaise. Have you ever... Did, did you have um, uh, in science fairs when you were growing up? Did you anyone ever makes fake volcanoes? It's like stuck in my mouth. It it tastes like how you would imagine the lava in a fake volcano at a science yeah, fair. Yeah, it's would like taste. play doughy but wetter. It's one of the worst oh, things I've ever put in my mouth. Eyes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so oh. we're gonna send you a jar Full of jar amazing of mayo. So you, once you have an address, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll get an address from you, and, and we'll that's send from you our sponsor, Amazing Mayo. <laughs> From Walden Farms. <laughs> okay, thank that was you. not made by a robot. I'll thank tell you. you that. Thank you, Mary. And uh, we also ask all our guests yeah, to, why one, should we be hopeful? What's one reason we could be hopeful? Is it that we oh, don't we have can killer do robots? about this. I don't, I don't want people to feel hopeless, you know? Mm-hmm. So why uh, should I want we be hopeful? To feel hopeful that why? we can do something about this uh, so that we can live in a safer world. You know, the world's not going to be safer once we introduce these kinds of weapon systems. So it's actually going to be a lot more dangerous. We should be hopeful because there's still time to stop the killer robots. There you go. There's still time. Yeah. There's still time. We shouldn't yep. be in a rush. Yeah, let's take it. We can years, relax, not baby. Relax. We do, to, we do need to step it up here. <laughs> yes. Okay. But we should be hopeful because it's not happening right now. Yeah, we, should, we don't live mm-hmm. there yet. We still have time to stop. All let's, right. Thank yeah. you, Mary. Uh, thanks so much okay. for joining us, Mary. Uh, it was great having okay. you on. We really appreciate your time. Yep. No worries. Thanks to you both. Thank yeah, you. Enjoy the mayo. Stop okay, those bots. Bye-bye. We will not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I hung up on her. Oh, I should have hung up anyway. Yeah, you were in charge, basically. <laughs> I guess we were just waiting. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. <laughs> 